Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Citizen Dame, the podcast where we might have COVID. Uh, (laughs) Like like everybody else, uh, I am your host, Lauren Humphreys Brooks, and with me, as always, is Karen Peterson. Hello, Karen. Hello. How how are you doing? You're not feeling great, but otherwise, not feeling great. How are you doing? I may not have COVID. Who knows? Um, but other than that, I'm doing great. I moved this week. Yay! I have a brand new apartment and it's awesome. It's not set up at all because, you know, I've been busy and then I got sick. But Uh, I'm here and that's the important thing. (laughs) Yay! That's a good thing. I am, I'm doing good. It is unconscionably hot here. I, I am still in upstate New York because Manhattan has been hotter than fuck. (laughs) <laughs> so and so i'm like oh i will stay upstate where it is also hotter than fuck but um it, it, it is a little less hot because i'm not totally surrounded by concrete yeah um which which is always nice but i'll be heading back to new york before long um it's also hotter than fuck here in california as well i think the high today is 99 oh god see this is this this is the point of summer. Like I really like summer, but this is the point of summer. Where I'm like, okay, we can we can have fall now. That's okay. Right. I'm okay yeah. with that. <laughs> yeah, and places that have winter, it's like that too. Where it's like you just get to that point where you're like, I'm really done with this. I'm ready for spring. Yeah. Yeah, undoubtedly. Um, so bef- before we get going on like actual film things, we have had a vacation, uh, for about the past month, which has been very lovely. It's been nice to take a little bit of time off. I'm looking forward to getting back into discussing all of the wildness, uh, with, with everything that's been going on. I feel like we went on break and then it's just like, oh, look at just an eruption of bullshit. Look at all of this. <laughs> it was um, it, it, it didn't have us there to, to comment on it. But um, Karen, do you want to talk at all about your vacation? Did you have a good time? Nice, nice time off. I had a great time. So my mom and I went to Paris for eleven days. Well, with travel time and stuff, it was we were in the city for ten days, and it was just incredible. My mom had never been, and so it was just really fun to get to show her around and get to see her, um, like her face the first time she got to see the Eiffel Tower, you know, stuff like that was just so cool. And, um, it was just a great trip. It was, it was, oh my gosh, you think it's hot here. There were days there where it'd be like a hundred degrees with 40, 50% humidity. It was just so miserable. Uh, But yeah, cause they're having, Europe is having like unbelievable record heat. I think it's dissipated now, but, um, the week after we got there, or no, the week after we left, because we were there, and it was it was getting really hot when we were there. But then they said, "Oh yeah, next week it's going to be even worse." And it was just like, "Oh, we kind of picked this sweet spot." <laughs> yeah, it's, um, it sounds like it. But yeah, I mean, they were dropping records that 
were like 1200 years old. It was insane. And, um, but it was just so cool. Like we, um, one thing that I've never gotten to do in France was, um, go out to Mont Saint-Michel, which is this abbey that probably everybody, even if you don't know what it is, you've probably seen pictures of it. It's this like, it's this abbey that's, um, at the top of a village that's built on like this rock island where when the tide is out, it's just, you know, there's sand all around it and then there's just this rock island and then this village. But when the tide comes in, you can see that it's this island and it's really cool. And so we went out there. It's really steep to get up to the top. Um, but we did it. It was again that day. It was like a hundred degrees. I don't know how we were able to make it cause we were dying by the time we got up there, but, but amazing views, just absolutely beautiful and such a, such a cool experience. I mean, that Abbey was built in the like 10th century. So it's really, really old and, um, getting to see the inside of it, getting to walk through it. And there actually are still, um, monks that live up there and nuns. And so we got to see some of them and they're just kind of going about their day while all these tourists are around. And it was just, it was just incredible. But, you know, we did all the other normal stuff. We went to the Louvre, we went to the Arc de Triomphe, my mom. <laughs> it was so funny. Um, we were going into the Arc and, um, we started up the stairs and this lady stops my mom and she's like, um, uh, ma'am, if you'd prefer there's an elevator cause it's 284 steps to the top. And my mom's like, oh, it's okay. I got it. It's, I got it. And, um, and so then the lady leaves and I just started laughing. I'm like, mom, I think she just called you old. <laughs> And, um, anyway, yeah, but we made it, but after, like, after probably the first 10 or 20, 10 or 20 steps, she was like, oh, maybe we should have taken the elevator. <laughs> That's like, um, uh, I remember the last, the last time I went to the Eiffel Tower, uh, my, my cousin and I were like, oh, we're going to walk up and we walked part way up and then we were like, we should not have done this. Um, yeah, you yeah. don't, you don't like vertical steps, particularly you kind of like, oh, that's not too many steps. And then after a while, you're just like, actually, that's a lot of steps. Yeah, well, it's crazy because this the Arc de Triomphe, it's, um, it's the spiral staircase. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you just are going and going and you have no concept of how far you've gone, or how much farther you still have to go. Mm -hmm. And um, yeah, so it's just crazy. But luckily, there are some spots, there's like these places where there are cutouts that I that have doors in them that supposedly are for like maintenance and stuff. But I'm like, no, I think the people who built this did it because they didn't want to walk up all these steps either. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we're just going to take a rest here. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was just an amazing trip. It was so much fun. And um, yeah, it was, it was great. There was definitely some um, harrowing things like the night that we were coming back from Versailles and uh, we had, missed the train that would have taken us to the station that we wanted and didn't realize it and I ended up taking us out to we were so far past our destination and <laughs> luckily some very nice girl helped us get back to where we needed to go but it was a it was a little bit freaky at midnight when we we're like I I literally have no idea where I am <laughs> yeah uh, pa Paris can be Paris is a big city, you know, it's, yeah. it's like, and particularly if, if you're not fluent in the language or something like that, it's, it's, 
And even if you are, like, honestly, yeah. it's it's just yeah. very scary. And I speak enough French that I was able to kind of manage everything, but this one, it was like, I just couldn't figure out how to get to where we needed to go. Mm -hmm. And it was to the point where I was like, should we just call an Uber? <laughs> and we should have, but we didn't. And like I said, a very nice girl helped us out and she was wonderful. So that's good. Yeah, that's good. Well, it how sounds was, amazing. Yeah. How was your month? I know you had a wedding that you went to. Yes, went to a very nice wedding. Uh, actually, my friend, um, my friend who got married had probably the most perfect day of weather she could possibly have asked for. Nice. Uh, it was gorgeous. It was up at um, uh, Lake Ontario. Uh, at, her family has a, has a little camp up there. And it was lovely. It was it was a lot of fun. It's been awesome. I've seen a lot of um, a lot of friends that I have not that I've gotten to see on on like Skype and on Zoom, but not in actual person. And many of them have now had babies. And I am not a, a baby fan, particularly. But I do have to say that even though I'm not a baby fan, these are like the best babies. These are like superior babies. Um, and in, in fact, I was telling my friend uh, Heather, who's one of our, our patrons, that, uh, you know, her her baby is definitely like, you know, she's like a better baby than all other babies. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> but it was a lot of just really do rise above. They just they're just automatically superior. Of course, this is definitely because like some these these are people that I've known since I was a kid that I've been friends with for like we were working out how long we'd, <laughs> we'd been friends just like this is a. No, we don't need to think about that, actually. Nope. <laughs> um, but it was a lot of fun. It was really great to get to see people. And, you know, and everything was outside. Like, you know, we've been having a lot of parties, et cetera, um, outdoors, hanging out with people outdoors. But it's been really nice to, to get to do that again. Um, and, yeah, the wedding was fantastic. And uh, it's it's been nice just to be in the countryside for a while and not be, like I say, not be surrounded by concrete. Although I am looking forward to getting back to the city. Yeah. How's the pup doing? The the dog, as always, loves this. Um, he is very happy. He gets he gets to bark at all new things. Um, but he's been having a good time. Like he gets a lot more space, obviously, and uh, a lot more a lot more country to run around in. And so he's having a, a little bit of a better time and and actually working very nicely on some of his his reactivity, which has been great. Yes, it's been a nice vacation. Looking forward to getting back to New York City, where hopefully it will not be too horribly, horribly hot. Um, so that is our update for all of you lovely people that are like listening to us again. And uh, and I, I am excited and happy to be back recording because I miss this. Me too. Me too. There's been several things that have come up in the last few weeks where I'm like, oh, man. I can't believe we're not going to talk about this. Yeah, exactly. It's just like, oh, oh, we need to talk about some things. So there there are a few things that I think that we should we should definitely address. Mostly what we're going to do today is we're going to we have a couple of questions from listeners and um and then we're also going to talk about some of the films that we've been watching. But first, uh because like this this is definitely a case of of shade and Freud, I think. Um this, is the this, yeah. this, this one, like, I'm just like, I don't like this, but I also do. So it, it is that, it is that experience of just like, mm, yes, revenge. Uh, so, so not that long ago, actually, I think it was, it was last, end of last week. Um, 
thousands of pages of court documents of court documents from Johnny Depp's lawsuit against Amber Heard have been released. And this has like actually provoked a lot of people to completely backpedal on their support for Johnny Depp, um, which I think is funny. What is even funnier is that there are also reports that this was actually an effort by Depp's fans um, to get these documents to get these out who paid like what 3k something yeah. like that they raised three thousand dollars to unseal the documents and and basically it's it's shown and they these wanted were... dirt on amber they wanted yeah. to know like how bad she really was and basically this has shown what we kind of those of us you know who have actually been been watching this and are not completely you know blinded by some of this um it, it kind of confirms some of the things that we already knew, although it's still pretty horrific, is that Johnny Depp is an absolute piece of shit. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there you can look at the documents because they're unsealed. But um, but basically, like they reveal things like uh, that Depp were going, Depp's legal team was going to use uh, nude photos uh, of her, that um, some of the photos and audio that Depp submitted to court had been manipulated, that um, there were notes from the therapist that confirmed that Heard was the uh, victim of, quote, intimate partner violence. This is all coming from, uh, by the way, a Jezebel article, which I will link to. Um, you know, text from Depp. And, and the thing is, some of the some of these things are just sort of building on information that we already knew, right? We had seen many of the texts between like Depp and Paul Batani. Um, Depp attempting to help Marilyn Manson, who we all know is is uh, currently in the midst of of a of a thing with um a what what is his ex's name? Evan Rachel Wood. Evan Rachel Wood. Um so like Depp attempting to help him hide from police, et cetera. And so I, I think that, again, a lot of this is stuff that we already sort of knew or that we already had things like this, but this pretty much just confirms um, a lot of the terrible shit that we kind of already knew about Depp. And um, and it there there is that aspect of just like, well, you know, now you know, um, now you know the sort of man that you were supporting, the sort of man that you were, you know, standing for. And uh, and it turns out that he, he really is a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Um, it, this this does kind of open a question. I mean, like if if you're if this is if there's like audio that has been manipulated, and images that have been manipulated, I don't understand how this case can continue to stand. Right. Uh, and and admittedly, like I do not understand all of the legal ins and outs of some of these things. But it 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 feels like if you can show that this was like, I mean, couldn't he could he be accused of perjury? You know, given if he's actually manipulated images. Uh, yeah, definitely he could if he if he did it or if he knew it was being done then absolutely which obviously he knows what really happened he knows that it was manipulated so yeah he definitely could be um it could be on the on the hook for perjury his lawyers can be in big trouble they could be disbarred for um introducing evidence that they know is false this is a really big deal and yeah. what I just cannot understand is how the judge allowed some of this stuff to go forward anyway. Like, what was that judge thinking? There's There has been so much madness kind of surrounding this trial that I, like, again, it's, it, it does, it fe- I mean, I, you know, you don't want to get into conspiracy theories, but just like, has someone been paid off somewhere? Like, this, this does not feel like, it, there, it, this has been such a clusterfuck. 
mm-hmm. um, in so many different ways. And there have obviously been so many manipulations of what the, the truth is, um, both on social media and within the, the, the court itself, that it, it just, yeah, it, it feels like, how has this not gone to a mistrial? How has this not been, you know, how has the appeal not been accepted, et cetera? I mean, I, this is obviously not the end of it. I can't imagine that Heard's um, lawyers are just going to let this stand. But I I, um, I mean, the appeal hasn't happened yet. So I imagine I don't I don't see how it doesn't get overturned in appeal. I think at the very least, because remember, too, we also had that weird situation with the juror who wasn't really supposed to be there because someone else was summoned. And so it's like, I think that all of this, at the very least, Amber is going to be ordered a new trial. But I just, yeah. I don't know. This whole thing is just, it's really sad. And I just, I really do, I, I don't enjoy that this case exists, but I do love the, uh, just the, the irony that the reason we know some of what we know now is because his fans thought that they were going to get more dirt on her, but ended up getting more dirt on him and just showing what a piece of shit he is. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and, and and the fact that at least some of this he was actually attempting to suppress, like he wanted it to to not come to light, basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and and the, they they essentially they they exposed him. Um, no, I mean it's sad. We've talked about it before. Like, you know, I I loved Johnny Depp for quite a long time, and um, and I think it's it's really sad to. I, it's, there, there's the sense of, it doesn't feel like a gotcha kind of thing. It feels more like this is really depressing. It's really depressing that this is what has happened in his life and that this is what he's done to himself and that this is the sort of person that he is, you know? Yeah. And, um, uh, and then also, you know, there, there are so many people who are so willing to just attack a woman mm-hmm. and to go after her so violently and, and to basically shoot themselves in the foot doing it eventually. But still, the amount of pain that this has caused, yeah. um, and and I really hope that you know I don't think that they're going to, but I really hope that there are at least some people who are going to walk away from this recognizing the the role that they have played in all of this. I hope so. Um, you know, we'll see. People have very short memories. This is why I keep receipts on Twitter. Just like, oh yeah, so I remember in August of 2019, what the person that you were supporting there, Joe. Um, yeah. It sure does. Out of all of this, because like I already knew Johnny Depp was kind of, you know, had become trash, even if he wasn't always. I have no idea. But people like Paul Bettany, that I'm just like, man, he seemed like one of the good ones, and it's it really is one of those situations of like. Don't believe the Hollywood persona. Don't believe that any of these people are quote unquote good people. You know, they're all they're all hiding stuff. Yeah, and and well, the the sheer degree of misogyny yeah. that um, so much of this reveals that like you know, and the the violent misogyny and the the Bettany That's text what gets me. Oh my gosh, those were horrible. Yeah, and, and they've and they've been known, right? This is something that has been known for quite some time. These were some of the texts that people you know were aware of. Um, and, and just the casualness with which these men were, you know, talking about burn, raping corpses of women and things like that. It's it's just, you know, it's one thing to be mad at your ex. (laughs) It's another thing to envision a violent, like violent horribleness against her. Um, 
And, you know, being mad at someone's ex, that, that's normal, right? And everything. But then, and then to have that kind of back and forth with your male friends just seems, it's, it's really disturbing. And it really, it does definitely show the degree, the comfortableness that we can have with misogyny because probably Bettany himself would not consider himself a misogynist. No, of course. I don't think that Depp would consider himself a misogynist probably. Um, but, you know, but just, but this one particular woman, she deserves to die. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like that's, that's truly horrific. Yeah. It's, it, yeah. It's just unthinkable. Yeah. So that's what's going on with garbage people. Um, and there are more garbage people, but you know what? We're not going to go into that because we're just coming back. And uh, and it's it's okay to not talk about all of the garbage. I mean, the, the next thing that we'd like to discuss momentarily, at least, um, is the, the absolute shitstorm that has been occurring for the past like three days. Yeah. Um, that I sort of just kind of walked into. It was like what it was. It was very much that that gif. I think it's from Community or something like that, where you just the guy walks in with the pizza boxes and everything's on fire. Yeah. And I was, and it was the same thing. It's just like what's happening. <laughs> What's going on? <laughs> exactly. Oh, um, so HBO Max is just Warner Brothers Discovery is just like nuking themselves. It's really amazing to just watch this going down. You're just like, but you didn't have to do any of this. Like, so apparently, none of new, it. Yeah. What was weird is like apparently their new CEO is on the record saying he does not like movies. I, I don't understand this. Like I do I not. Her. Yeah, he a movie studio. He he's like he's he loves reality TV, which it seems like we're gonna get more of. But that's not that's not what, what we want. You can and also you can have reality TV and you can also have movies. It's many different things. Yeah. No, this this whole thing has just been like um, t- truly awful. So uh, one thing that I think was really surprising. So when this murder was first happening and when I first heard about it, I thought Warner Brothers was buying Discovery and it turned out Discovery was buying Warner Brothers. And yeah. I'm very confused about that. It reminds me of when Kmart bought Sears and I really thought Sears was buying Kmart. <laughs> <laughs> and it was just like because it's happening. And now both of those stores are pretty much gone. You can't find either of them. Yeah. But uh yeah um but yeah so when it was first happening it was like okay so disney or i'm sorry discovery will be folded into hbo max was the expectation but now it's going the other way and effectively like hbo max will just be a channel on discovery instead of instead of being its own platform which doesn't make any sense to me i mean disney plus and hulu are existing very well you know, as separate entities. I don't understand why they're doing this. Yeah, well, I, I think that that's like a lot of people don't seem to understand what they're doing. So this all kind of started with the sudden announcement of the cancellation of the release of Batgirl, mm-hmm. um, which was initially going to be released uh, on HBO Max as an HBO Max original and is a finished film, by the way. This yeah, is not like done. a film that is in production. It's done. Um, it is a completed film. And they announced that they were canceling it. And not only were they canceling its release on HBO Max, they're not going to release it in any form, um, which I think still kind of remains to be seen. I, I, I am still of the opinion. I'm just like, I can't believe that they would just have this film sitting there and not do anything with it. Well, so one thing I was reading about that was that they can write it off as their as a tax 
thing. Yeah, uh, which that does make sense. But I think public pressure is going to be strong enough that they'll end up um, overturning their decision. Well, and one of the things that some that several people have pointed out uh, is, you know, then how do you justify anything going forward? Because you're immediately going to have filmmakers with their antennas raised, they're going to be like, wait a minute, okay, so I'm going to write into my contract a no-kill clause or um, clauses that basically say, if you cancel this film, right. um, I, you know, it's going to be an astronomical amount of money that you're going to owe me, that kind of thing. Because studios just canceling films like that, canceling the release of films like that, seems de definitely raises warning flags for a lot of people. And I would certainly, you know, if I was a filmmaker and I was in a deal with WB or something like that, I'd just be like, I'm, I, I'm worried about this. I want something in my contract that is going to basically make certain that I get paid a lot if you decide to cancel this movie. Right. Um, so well, it like, just... I don't know if you remember. So when the Disney Fox thing happened, one of the movies that kind of got shuffled around a lot was The New Mutants. And... That, like, it yeah. was, you know, and then, like, it got, I don't know, five or six different release dates and stuff. And then, um, eventually it did come out and it was released while the pandemic, like, a lot of things were still shut down. It was late 2020, I think. And, um, and, but it did get released in theaters and a bunch of us were going, like, why? Just put it on Hulu. And it turned out that there was a clause in that contract that that movie had to get a theatrical release. There you go. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it, I mean, I don't understand the gamesmanship that is going on right here. And I don't think, you know, some people are like, oh, no, he's playing like three-dimensional chess. Just like, I don't think that he is actually. No. Um, just stuff at the wall and seeing what works. Yeah, and and so you see, we had the the cancellation of Batgirl. There was also cancellation of a Scooby Doo movie um, that was set to come out in sometime in the fall. And again, it was finished. Also finished. Yeah. So you're you're talking about these films that are not just being that not just having the plug pulled on them, but are done. Like have been they've been made, and they're just not going to get released. Um, and then you know we had all of the information coming out about um, like you say how the how HBO Max and Discovery Plus were going to be folded in together. Um, there's been a lot of concern surrounding, you know, some of HBO Max's shows. There were a number of films and, uh, and television shows that were very quickly pulled from uh, HBO Max because they, according to um, Warner Brothers, they were not performing well. Uh, and, and so, of course, there's been a lot of different rumors, et cetera, floating around. I personally was just like, I want, uh, what about our flag means death? Um, yeah. is, is it okay? Is it still happening? It better be still happening. Um, <laughs> I will riot if that show gets canceled. Well, and some of it is also, you know, there's, there's all this discussion. Well, these are underperforming shows. These are underperforming films. These are films that like, they don't think are worth continuing to keep on the platform, which I, I, I don't understand. And I think that it's kind of offensive, but at the same time, like it, that seems to indicate that there are other things that are safer. Um, but we don't know. That's that's the thing. The fact that they pulled a plug on a Batgirl movie does really surprise me. Um, but so with all of this going on, Twitter had an absolute meltdown. 
Uh, there were rumors everywhere. And I remember there was this one guy that I probably got like 500 new followers as a result of this, but it's just like, oh, expect these announcements about all of these things tomorrow. It's just like, who the fuck are you? You're like some random guy that I've never heard of that is like, like, you have no insider information. (laughs) Right. None at all. And it was really just about causing panic because that meeting that he was stirring everybody up about was a shareholder's phone call. It was not a big presentation. It wasn't like an upfront. It wasn't anything like that. It was just like, here's the direction of the future of the company. And he got everyone all up in arms about hacks getting possibly canceled or our flag means death or some other ones. And it's like they weren't. And then, of course, the next day, people are like, you know, refreshing Twitter every 10 seconds during this two hour phone call, just waiting for any shred of news that was never going to come because it wasn't that kind of a meeting. Yeah. Well, and, and the, the, honestly, the, the strangest thing to come out of the, of that particular meeting was the way that like things are being phrased. And I'm actually going to pull up the tweet because it's hilarious. Um, it's like a lot of people were mad about it, but at this, I'm like, I'm mad, but also this is really funny and I don't know how to feel. Um, so, so this, so this was a, 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 a like a PowerPoint image basically, but it was like, okay, so here's how it's going to come out. HBO max and discovery plus, right? HBO max is going to be male skew scripted, lean in appointment viewing and home of quote, fandoms discovery plus is female skew unscripted lean back comfort viewing home of genre dumps i this whole thing is just so funny (laughs) yeah but let me let me just say why i was so baffled by that whole like discovery plus is female skewing because like i occasionally will turn something on that's on discovery Every guy I've ever dated in my life watches Discovery, like, constantly. They watch all kinds of stuff on Discovery. I don't. I, like, don't even know what's on Discovery half the time. The only time I know what's on Discovery, and the only time I would say, you know, I have to watch stuff is during Shark Week, because I love Shark Week. But that's it. Other than that, I don't really care about Discovery. I watch HBO. (laughs) Well, the the whole idea, and I think that why people were so angry about it, and and I, I agree with this, is, is that there's, yeah, is is like this whole idea that there's a male and female binary in the right. way that we watch and consume films and meat and television shows, etc., and that there are like particular things that the girls watch, particular things that the boys watch, and uh, someone that I follow who's non-binary is just like, well, where the fuck does this leave me? You know, right. But, but yeah, this whole like, question, this whole idea that like people were mocking, it was just like HBO Max, Spike TV, you know, it was that kind of thing that, yeah. that it, it reads like it's like 90s era misogyny. It's just like, have we not? How dumb are you? Right. Like it, it, it is that that sensation. That's that's why I had difficulty getting angry about it, because it was just so fantastically stupid. Um but but yeah, but I mean, I think that it kind of indicates the direction this is going. This this, by the way, dealing with a um, a streamer that has been like people have talked about it as being one of the best streaming services out there. Yeah. 
um, that it has been phenomenally successful having a whole bunch of different things on there, having the, the various hubs, having the DC franchises, the Conjuring franchise, um, the television, the, you know, the originals plus the, the HBO material, all of that, all of that stuff. Um, and the fact that this dingbat is basically being like, oh, we're going to completely restructure it. We're completely change the way that it operates. Um, not, most of these changes are not going to be implemented until at least 2023. Right. Uh, so I, I do kind of question how much of this is actually how much we're actually going to see of, of what he's describing and how much they're going to kind of backpedal on. Yeah. Um, the other thing that's interesting too, and the way that they would really shoot themselves in the foot if they go forward with this plan as it currently looks is that there's a lot of countries where discovery is not available and HBO max isn't even available. So it's like, or it's starting to roll out, but this is going to put all that back. So it's like, they're going to lose the ability to draw in subscribers in all mm -hmm. kinds of places. So it's just like, why, why would you do that to yourselves? If this is about restructuring to save money, why are you cutting off a potential revenue stream or at least delaying it? I don't understand. Yeah. At, at, a, at a stage where streamers are struggling, right? And, mm -hmm. and, um, and Netflix in particular. So HBO Max actually seemed like it had an opportunity to kind of begin to step into where Netflix was failing people. Yeah. Um, and instead they're just like, aha, we will fail even more. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, yeah, that's what that's it feels so like. Weird, yeah. It's so weird because I really thought, you know, I saw someone else said this too, but it's like, you know, we've talked about the streaming wars for a couple of years now. And I really thought that once all was said and done, HBO Max would be one of the few that was still standing. I thought it'd be HBO yeah. Max, Disney Plus. I don't think Netflix is going anywhere. No, they're um, not. I think eventually Hulu might get folded into Disney Plus, so I think they're going to be gone. Amazon, it's like, eh. I mean, Prime exists because of, you know, like, I don't know. They, they, can, they can afford to take a hit if it's not making tons of money. So I don't know that it would necessarily be going anywhere, but I could see Peacock going away. I could see yeah. Paramount Plus going away. But uh, HBO Max is one that I really thought would stick around. And I think this is a huge mistake. And because I'll tell you, if if they roll HBO Max into this Discovery Plus and then start canceling stuff that I love, I'm going, I'm not going to pay for it. Why would I? Yeah. No, no, exactly. Like when all of this was happening, I was like, cause I have a, I have an annual subscription and I was like, so how does one go about, like, if you have an annual subscription, can I get any refund on it? Or like, like that's, that's what I was thinking about. I was like, I'm going to be certain that I, you know, if, if stuff that I enjoy watching is not going to be there, then I'm just not, uh, I have no reason to keep it. Yeah. Why would I? Um, yeah, exactly. So it's, um, yeah, it, it just, I think the most people have been like, what the fuck is, what the fuck is going on? This is a bad idea. Um, I think that a, a good kind of segue into this though, is that we actually, we did get a question um, from Connor asking about streaming projects. So he says, uh, given all the kerfuffle about physical media and its available selection, if you could pick a streaming project, film or TV to get a physical release, what would you choose? And I, the answer for me, uh, for those is, is really easy. One, our flag means death. I desperately want, Blu-rays of that show, um, and and I I will pay lots of money for them because I want to rewatch that show. And if that show 
uh, gets canceled, if it goes, if they, you know, yank it from, uh, like yank it from HBO Max, I want physical copies of that show. The other one that um, I saw someone mention the other day, and this reminded me of how good the films are, is the Fear Street trilogy. Mm, uh, which are on Netflix and are not available. As far as I know, they're not available in any kind of physical media. Um, I, I really want Netflix to just sell them to Shudder and then Shudder, because Shudder has, has a longer habit of releasing their original films as um, on physical disc as well. And I would really like, to, again, it's, it's that, it's that sensation of if something gets canceled, if a streamer restructures or something like that, and that just, you know, where do the, where does, where does that stuff go? Where do those images go? Where does that work go? Um, I want to, to, you know, be able to have access to it still. So those were the two that I thought of. That's what about you, Karen? Um, definitely for me, Our Flag Means Death, for sure, is one of them. Um, another one for me would be Ted Lasso. I would like to have Ted Lasso on DVD. That's a good one. Well. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. I love that show so much, and I don't... I don't ever want to lose access to it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's one of those you want to you want to go back and watch them yeah. multiple times. Yeah, it just makes me so happy. Yeah, yeah. I was I was actually thinking the other day because the Bob's Burgers movie came out, which I would like to talk about a little bit later. Um, but um, the Bob's Burgers movie came out, and I was like, oh, you know, I I watch I rewatch Bob's Burgers all the time. It's now up to twelve seasons, right? I was like, what happens if if it gets canceled and it just vanishes. What then? Like, I, I, I was literally like, how much does it cost to buy all 12 seasons of Bob's Burgers on Blu-ray? Um, it costs a lot, but uh, it's actually something that I might invest in at some point, just because- you start now, you just buy one season at a time. Yeah, just because I rewatch it all the time and I know that I'm gonna want to rewatch it. It's one of my comfort watches. So, so th thank you for that, Connor. The other question that we had was from Estefania. Uh, given the current news on streaming platforms, what parallels or similitudes and what differences do you see compared to the collapse of the studio system? <clears throat> now, I, I made this comment um, earlier that, uh, you know, this seems, it seems like we're watching the collapse of the studio system in real time, um, only we're all online, so we're like 100 times dumber about it. And obviously there, there, are, there are definitely parallels, but this is, you know, this is a different landscape. This is a different cinematic landscape. And we're not just talking about films, we're also talking about TV shows. We're talking about um, kind of the, the, the spreading out of, um, of media and where media is available. But we've talked about how fairly recently they overturned the, um, the antitrust suit known as the Paramount case which was uh, was decided in 19 in 1948 and was kind of the beginning of the collapse of the studio system and the collapse of the big five. Um, so it essentially uh, it essentially outlawed block booking and vertical integration. So you could not have, say, RKO owning theaters um, where they were then solely booking RKO films. Um, and, and this was one of the things that began to, to uh, cause a decline in the studio system. It meant, it kind of opened the door to a lot of American independent films. In fact, by the 1950s, um, something like 50% of the films that were made in the United States were actually uh, independent, independent productions. They were not, so they were other smaller production companies rather than these really big studios. Um, so things began, um, 
began falling apart. One of the things that I think is very uh, similar to, to what we're seeing right now is that by the 1950s, uh, so this is post-Paramount case, by the 1950s, basically, television is on the rise and um, the way that people spend their money has changed. So essentially film, just generally, regardless of the studio system, film does not have a monopoly over consumer attention anymore. And I think that that's part of what we're seeing right now in, um, in, in streaming. Difference for a while, streaming was very confined to things like Netflix, Netflix and Hulu. Um, and then it began spreading out more and more. And particularly with the pandemic, we began seeing all of these different streamers popping up. Um, the power of streaming, of direct to streaming films versus sending them directly to theaters. And what's happening now, especially as theaters have, have obviously reopened and people are like pushing to get back into movie theaters, um, everybody is sort of vying for consumer attention and for consumer money. And consumers are spending less money, right? So I think that that what we're seeing with, with things like HBO Max is Warner Brothers scrambling in much the same way that the studio scrambled in the 1950s and into the 1960s to try to hold on to um, the consumer market, to try to figure out what it is that people want and what it is that people are going to watch. And the problem is, and one of the things that, that happened within the studio system and one of the things that is happening right now is that you've got a lot of people at the top who are completely divorced from the reality of what people want on the ground. Uh, and, and so I think that that's what we're seeing. So a lot of the panic and a lot of the, you know, random restructuring, you know, Netflix scrambling to hold on to viewers, HBO Max scrambling to hold on to viewers, um, is this recognition that there are more and more players, there are more and more options, um, with theaters reopening, more people have more opportunities to see films and to see television in different ways. And, no one knows how they are going to hang on to those people. Uh, and so I think that that's where we're, we're seeing the parallels, that panic and that uncertainty. And the fact that you've got these smaller places that are kind of popping up, these smaller production companies, um, smaller studios coming in and sort of being like, well, we're going to siphon off some of your viewers. We're, we're going to offer them things that you can't. Um, uh, honestly, some of the the rise of superhero films uh, reminds me a lot of kind of the late 50s and into the 60s, where studios were spending a lot of money on really big prestige productions that had to succeed, basically had to succeed. Otherwise, it was going to completely decimate the system. And that's essentially what happened. One of the major films that is kind of credited with, with finally killing the studio system in Hollywood Um was is Cleopatra, which was a massive film. And in comparison with how much it cost, it did not do well enough. Uh, and I think that we're seeing, we're beginning to see that with some of the superhero films. Everything has to make more money than the last film did. Otherwise it's gonna completely destroy the studio. So that's where I see the parallels. I might also be talking out of my ass here. <laughs> no, I think that, I think that makes a lot of sense. I think you, uh... You at least sound like you know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also think too, what's what's really striking, especially when you compare it to the fifties and into the early sixties, uh, it's it's fascinating to me how people don't understand that how it is is not how it will always be. 
Like, we see this over and over again. Yeah, and, that's the point. And I just, I think that people need to calm down. Currently, like, in the net, in the near future, movies aren't going anywhere. It's just how we how we get them, how they are made, who gets to make them. That is changing. Just like what happened, you know, a couple of decades ago. And once the studio system fell, that didn't mean that there weren't any movies anymore that actually gave rise to new filmmakers who, you know, are some of the most beloved filmmakers now, you know, that was what led to people like Ford Coppola and Scorsese and, um, you know, Spielberg. Spielberg. Thank you. Yeah. And, and so it's like, let's just, let's just chill out. Let's calm down. This is actually, I think in some ways, as far as, I mean, it's frustrating to know that some, some, work is just going to disappear presumably and it is frustrating that we don't have access to physical media like we did um but i think that we all need to chill out a little bit because this things have gotten a little bit out of control as we see we have studios being run by people who don't like movies and (laughs) they are fine with admitting that and so it's like, why do we want those people in charge of ultimately in charge of the content that we're seeing? We don't want that. So if the streaming thing is going to collapse too, if the streaming wars are going to end with just a few left, that still means that there's opportunities for other filmmakers to emerge and for their work to come out in different ways, whether that's yeah. through YouTube and TikTok or you know, through more traditional means that we're used to. I don't know, but to me, this isn't the death knell of movies. It just means that it's going through a transition as it has before, as it will do again. Yeah, ex- exactly. I think that there's this attitude that, you know, think it's, it's I don't like change, basically, mm-hmm. which which I do kind of understand. But there there is this attitude that, like, this, has, this is unprecedented. It's just like, well, actually, no, if you look at the history of cinema, um, it's not unprecedented. And actually, the panic is is very precedented because this is exactly what happened, right? And this there's this whole idea that like you know with the collapse of the studio system, the studios just vanished. They didn't. They changed. Right. Um, and 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 like you say, and there were some things that and there were many things that happened for the good uh, in the in the decline of the studio system. There are many things that you know maybe we'd be like, oh, wouldn't it be great if we if we had these these you know major studios still. Um, they, things changed and things continue to change. And of course, a lot of people who were directly invested in it were upset and panicky, um, but the consumers weren't and they shouldn't be. And I think that that's, that's that they were, were just like, well, movies are changing. It's just like, yeah, they are. It's going to, it's going to continue to change. There was, um, there was a comment the other day that really pissed me off about, uh, you know, how streaming is just treating films as background, that it's not treating them as art anymore and things like that. It's like, well, first of all, have you never watched television? Like some people leave their TV on all the time, constantly. Yeah. Uh, it, the, and that's been going on since forever. My grandparents used to do that. They just used to have the television on. But so this this whole idea that like streaming has changed the way that we consume media, probably it has. Um, We also have a lot more that is available to us than ever. Right. Uh, And and how we watch films is very much dependent on us. We get to make the choice of how we watch a movie. And 
if that means that, you know, I turn on a movie and I decide I, I want to, you know, watch a film that I've seen 50 times and fall asleep in front of it, that's one way to watch a film. That is not the only way to watch a film and it shouldn't be the only way to watch a film. And, and I think that we have this, this attitude, we have this very prescriptive attitude that if you're not watching films in a particular way, you're doing it wrong. And that's just, that's not fair. That isn't, you know, that's, that's very ableist in a lot of ways. Uh, and we, we're not appreciating the fact that we have access to more film now than anyone, any generation before us, um, than possibly than anyone ever will again. And we have so much available to us and we're sitting around complaining about it. Yeah. And that makes me mad. It's true. Well, and the other thing, too, that I keep thinking about is, like, any movie you've never seen before is new to you. It, even if it's 50 or 60 or 70 years old, you know? And people freak out about the possibility of, like, not having new stuff coming down the pike. And it's like, okay, but there's so many movies you've never seen before. Maybe having fewer new movies to choose from is a good thing because then you can actually go back and experience mm -hmm. some of this stuff and and get to enjoy movies from film history that you've not seen and and explore, you know, new genres and mm -hmm. filmmakers and stars that way. Well, in films, you know, people have talked about films being treated as a disposable medium. They've been treated as disposable since the advent of film. These were not things that were meant to continue to exist. They literally to, used to just burn them when they didn't. Yeah, they were done with them. They they would well, they're like film stock would break down, mm -hmm. and it would become unusable. Films like there's a large number of films that are simply lost because they were never preserved. They were never taken care of because they were viewed as disposable. They were viewed as something that you, you show, you exhibit to a whole bunch of different people and then that's it. And then they're gone, right? There were um, films that were stripped, literally just stripped of their images so that people, so that they could reuse the film stock because film stock was expensive, right? So this whole idea that we're suddenly treating films as disposable, no, film has always been treated as disposable. In fact, right now we have this major push for film preservation um, because we're realizing how much of cinematic history has been lost. Uh, and so in a lot of ways right now we're at the best point because, because of digital media, preservation is getting a lot easier. It's get, it means that keeping some version of a film is more possible than it was when you used to, when you could simply store it in um, uh, vaults that would catch on fire because the film stock would decay. So we, we need to, you know, there's, there's pluses and minuses and there always will be, but we need to really acknowledge the fact that we have access to more film now than anyone ever has. Um, and we need to really appreciate that and actually view those films, like you're saying. Mm -hmm. You know, it was really cool. When I was in Paris, we went to the Musée d'Orsay, which is, um, it's not a modern museum. It's like not modern art, but it's, um, it's definitely not, it's like after the Renaissance and stuff. So there's, that's where like the Van Goghs are and Degas and Monet and, and people like that. But they also have this wing that is dedicated to, um, early cinema and they have this section where they are just running some old silent shorts, just just like on the wall, they just have them projected on the wall and there's like 
a group of five or six films that just play on a loop. And then over here, there's another group, you know, another group of them and stuff. Um, and like they had a couple from Alice Guy, they had some Charlie Chaplin, they had just like lots of just interesting, just different things. Um, and what was really cool was seeing all these little kids sit down in front of these, you know, these movies and just sit and watch them and be so mesmerized and laughing and just enjoying them. And I just thought, see, like movies aren't going anywhere. These little kids are super into this and really excited about it. And the more that we can teach children about, you know, what film can be, what it was and what it can be in the future, the more that they're going to come up with some just really incredible, exciting things. Absolutely. Yes. To, to reiterate, as we constantly say on this podcast, watch more movies. There's so many of them. Exactly. Um, so to close this out, uh, why don't we talk just really briefly about what we have been watching? Is there anything that you've been watching recently, Karen, that you're just like, I, I have a burning desire to talk about this? It's kind of funny because I really haven't watched any movies recently, except for um, I did see Bullet Train before I got sick. <laughs> I was able to get to the theater while I was still perfectly fine and totally not symptomatic at all. Um, because I am a responsible adult who would not go to the movie theater sick. But anyway, um, so I saw Bullet Train. Brad Pitt is stupid hot and it makes me mad. And uh, <laughs> every time I see him, I'm just like, why do you look like that? Um, anyway, but the movie is very entertaining. It It's surprisingly not as bloody as I expected. It's definitely bloody, but not as much as I was expecting. But it's just a, a funny, kind of goofy, kind of zany movie. Um, lots of characters that kind of all end up shoved into this situation together. There's some things where I'm like, that what where did the, I, i'm confused this how did that happen but um but it was never enough where it was like the, it's not a movie that takes itself too seriously so it's like you're not supposed to uh spend a lot of time thinking about like why is this train car suddenly empty what happened to all the other passengers you know <laughs> stuff like that but um just a really entertaining movie um and a really good cast, like not just Brad Pitt, but Brian Tyree Henry is so great. I love him. Joey King. Um, I'm blanking on who else is in it, but everybody in that cast is just really fun to watch. And it's just, yeah, I really liked it. That's cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I've heard mixed things about Bullet Train, um, but I'm glad to, it, it's not, it just sounds like it's a, it sounds like exactly what it looks like, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah, you know, when I first heard about it, I was just like, eh, I don't know. And then I saw the trailer and I was like, oh, that looks like fun. I really want to see that. And it was exactly what I thought I was going to get from seeing the trailer. All right. Um, well, I recently watched Prey, which is available to stream on Hulu and is a, I guess it's a Predator prequel in the sense that it takes place a long time before the original Predator. Um it is, it's fantastic. Like uh, the, the lead, the, it's, it's all about um, the predator, the predator from the movie predator uh, lands in basically 18th century, um, 18th century America on the great plains and um, run runs into a group of Comanches uh, including the, the main character whose name is Nora, I believe. 
and she is she's like this young hunter who's just learning how to hunt and is kind of trying to prove herself to her brother and to her tribe and she runs across the predator and it's just a lot of fun like it's a very good uh, i've seen a lot of people be like you know this is what predator movies should be you know Predator versus the Comanches, Predator versus 1950s mobsters, Predator versus <laughs> just like predators showing up in all of these different scenarios and like seeing what happens. And it, it's a lot of fun. It's one of the things I really liked about it is the fact that one, the lead is, is a, a young woman. Um, it is a, uh, the lead is a, is a native woman and um, there are long sections that are in Comanche, and I know that like the Hulu, um, the Hulu version, you can watch it in English, or you can also watch a Comanche dub, so everything is in Comanche. Uh, it's just, a, it's very well done. It's a very good action film. Um, it's very exciting. You know, there's not tons of like, oh, let's build on the lore of the Predator. It's just like, no, the Predator is exactly this. Like, he's a single-minded hunter, and he's going after um, the the strongest beasts. And eventually this leads him to going after human beings, obviously. Uh, but it also includes like uh, a lot of a lot of just really enjoyable set pieces, including an entire section where basically I, it's almost like, oh, the Comanches and the Predator have set their, their differences aside and realized that white men are in fact the worst. Uh, and there's there's a wonderful, there's a wonderful sequence that is just incredibly satisfying. Uh, for that exactly but um yeah I, I really recommend it it's a lot of fun it's a good well-paced action movie nice I really wanted to watch it yesterday but I just I couldn't even lift up my head it was so bad <laughs> I'm so sorry yeah when you when you get a chance definitely see it it is you know it's it's also not one of like you could watch it when you're sick it's not one of those it's not so exceptionally violent that it kind of makes you feel ill in any way yeah. um it's just, just very yeah i just couldn't do anything yesterday so but i think today today's the day because i've been wanting to watch it so i'm excited that it's good it's a lot of fun and the other film i did want to recommend was the bob's burgers movie which is now available on is available on hbo max hulu i think disney plus um pretty much everywhere it's it's so good and it made my heart happy so <laughs> definitely Definitely watch the Bob's Burgers movie. Even if you haven't seen Bob's Burgers, I think that you could actually enjoy it. I know a couple of people who've never watched the show and saw the film and were like, oh, I'm going to watch the show now. This is a lot of fun. Cool. I've seen a few episodes of the show. I enjoy it. It's really good. I just never have, like, really gotten into it. I just, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't tend to um, lean toward animation when I'm looking for something to watch. I think there's anything wrong with animation. I think animation is actually really cool, but it's just not my go-to. I understand that. I a few episodes and I like it. So I I think the Bob's Burgers is definitely one of those shows that it really, it begins to really hit in about the third season. Um, The first two seasons are, are they're, they're fun, but they're much wobblier. And then about the third season, you begin to really get the characters and the situations and it gets, it gets really good. So um, but even like, like I say, I think that you can watch the film without having really watched the show um, and and still enjoy it. Like um, one of my friends from from uh, university actually was talking about how he had never really watched the, the show, but he watched the movie and he loved the movie. So highly recommend it. So anything else, Karen? Uh, let me think. I, I mean, 
the last couple of weeks I've been just rewatching all of Better Call Saul because I've been doing an after show on that and I was like, oh, I don't remember a lot of things that happened in the previous season. So I've been binging that, but um, I'm just trying to think. So, I mean, I did see Thor Love and Thunder, which I didn't get a chance to talk about, I don't think, because um, then we were gone the whole month of July. Yeah. And I don't know. A bunch of people are like, ew, this movie's not good. And I'm just like, no, this movie's amazing, and it's exactly what I was expecting. So um, it's definitely not as good as Thor Ragnarok, but I really liked it. And also I would like to thank Taika YTT for finding a way to get Tom Cruise into the MCU. Because um, <laughs> that happened. I had to explain it to somebody, but it's definitely, like, as far as I'm concerned... There is a Tom Cruise character who is now canonically part of the MCU. Um, after you see the movie, I'll explain. <laughs> and then, um, what else did I see? Um, oh, Nope. I liked Nope. Um, oh, yeah. Very good. Um, yeah, that's the, uh, new, the new Jordan Peele movie um, with Daniel Kaluuya and Kiki Palmer and... It is, it's really good. It's one of the, I mean, he's so good at doing these movies that are, uh, like in this case, this is, you know, it's an alien invasion type of movie, but it's really about so much more than that. And, um, it's, you know, it gets into the ways that people of color are, you know, have a harder time making it in Hollywood and, um, and not just this particular family, but also Stephen Yun has a character in it too, who's a former child actor, and um, and it it goes back and forth between a really horrific thing that happened when he was a kid that seems unrelated to the current situation, but the parallels are really good. I personally thought that this was a better movie than Us, which I think Us, when it was just a horror movie, was really great, but then once it tried to like have a point then it kind of fell apart i think this one start to finish is just really really good when it's scary it's very effectively scary and when it's fun i mean it gets it's funny it's uh deep and it's emotional it's just a really good all around really good movie so i highly recommend that one too awesome yeah Awesome. Well, there are lots of good films to watch and to go see if you're comfortable in theaters, which I unfortunately still am not, but I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I think that after the next booster, I will be like, okay, I can go to a movie theater. Good. Um, I, I, I do, you know, I talk about streaming a lot, but I'm just like, I like movie theaters. I like going and sitting there and just like watching a film. I like going by myself. I like going with friends, et cetera. It's just not been something that I've been like, mm -mm. I don't want to breathe other air of other people in like a crowded space right now. Totally understandable. But, but that's the thing. It's like, even those of us who are big champions of streaming are not advocating for getting rid of movie theaters. Yeah. And, and I don't think movie theaters are going anywhere regardless. Anyways. I hope not. So I think that that is going to close us out for our brief return. Um, Thank you so much to everyone for listening to us. And we especially want to thank our lovely patrons who will, who some of whom have received their buttons and various things and more of, I think there are more things coming for y'all. 
Um, and those include Adriana, Ali, Brian, Connor, Estefania, Heather, James, Kathleen, Carriata, Mason, Matt, Michelle, Monty, Nanina, Robert, Robert, Steve, Sharon, Tao, and Will. Thank you so much for continuing to support us, you guys. We are going to have some more bonus episodes coming up um, and various fun things before long. So like, keep an eye out for that. If you want to join their number, our Patreon is patreon.com slash citizen dame. We also have our Zazzle store, zazzle.com slash citizen dame pod and our Ko-Fi account, co-fi.com slash citizen dame. You can, of course, go to our website where we will continue to have some fun reviews. I will have a few more coming up before long. Um, and that's citizendamepod.com. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can email us. We are at citizendamepod at gmail.com. You can also get in touch with us on Twitter and Instagram at citizendamepod. We are on Letterboxd at citizendame. And we've also had a request that we start posting um, lists of films that we uh, that we reference for our various episodes. We're going to try to remember to do that. I don't, we haven't referenced many films this episode, actually. Just what we've been watching, I guess. Yeah, but uh, but we're going to try to do that more, particularly when we're getting into some of the more esoteric stuff. Uh, of course, that will also necessitate us remembering what the hell we were talking about most of the time. <laughs> um, but we're going to try to do that so that people can actually watch some of the films that we're talking about. And of course, you can get in touch with us individually. I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at LH Business. Karen, where are you? I am on Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd at Karen M. Peterson. And that will close us out for this week. We will talk to y'all later. Bye. I know you're Droopy Bob right now, but you know who else is in there? Dreamy Bob, the guy who wanted to open a restaurant in the first place. Slap his name on it. Make cuckoo crazy burgers with wild ingredients. A new one every day. I did not say cuckoo crazy burgers. I would not say that. You know what I mean. Super funky burgers. Well, no matter what I said, I think that maybe Dreamy Bob is dumb and Droopy Bob just kind of sees things the way they are. You know what you got to do to Droopy Bob? Um, what? You got to punch him in the nuts like this. <laughs> oh, sorry, sorry, I'm sorry. But you know what I'm saying? It's like a metaphor like this. Ow! Stop. It's not a metaphor if you actually do it.